Listen, I don't know about you, but the last quarter of 2022 has thoroughly whooped my butt. Seriously. At times, I felt like God and the universe were honestly trying to break me. I know that sounds really dark, <laughs> but um, yeah, and, and I'm still in it. Still going through weathering the storm. Now, what is it exactly? Uh, it's a few things, major things that I can't quite speak on as of yet. Well, I guess I could, but it doesn't really feel right to go into it right now. Um, so we're going to leave it there on that tip for now. But I will say this. I can't remember a time in my life where my faith was put to the test the way it has been recently. Now, I consider myself to be a pretty strong woman. I consider my husband and I to be a really strong team. Yet, the season has humbled us both in different ways, stripped us of anything remotely comforting, (laughs) any remotely comforting distraction. Um, And it's pretty much forced us to surrender to God's will. I've been through a lot of challenges in my life. Lord knows my husband certainly has. We have together. Um, I feel like, and I've actually heard this from other relatives, so it's not just me. But I honestly feel like what we've gone through in our 16 years together, most couples won't go through in a lifetime. Like We've been through so much, and I can say that with confidence. So we're pretty tough cookies, yet and still... I found myself recently curled up in a ball on my bed, sobbing, asking God, basically, what's going on? I mean, I know you said you wouldn't leave us nor forsake us. You would not give us more than we could bear. But I honestly feel like I can't handle this. Like, I don't think I'm strong enough for this. I think you're overestimating me right now. I know I'm not the only person that has, that has felt that way or even feels that way currently. I know I'm not the only person weathering a storm right now during this season. It's winter, you know. Um, I know a lot of people are struggling with seasonal depression. Winter is usually the time of year where things do come to a head. You know, we have some amazing moments. We have the holidays. We have the ushering in of a new year. But um, yeah, this is year after year, a time when a lot of people kind of go through it. So even writing this, I became emotional. You know, I, I write before I record, I write out, sometimes it's just an outline, sometimes it's like a full blog post. Um, and this is kind of like a full blog post that I will post on my website as well. Cause I just wanted to make sure I actually got out everything I wanted to say. Um, and because I am in such like this, <laughs> this state, you know, who knows what I might have forgotten otherwise. So even writing this was just really emotional, but then also as these emotions stir up, all over again, I am reminded of the incredible things that have come to pass that have begun to happen in my life in the midst of all this chaos. 
God has started to speak to me, or really, I don't think he's just starting. I think that I have been so humbled and put in this place of silence where I can actually hear and receive. So I've been getting spoken to through family and friends, books, even my dogs. And I began to see God everywhere and hear his guidance in the most unexpected ways. I began to see the blessings in my challenges and take comfort in a new kind of silence. Knowing that I, even if I do sometimes feel alone, I'm not alone and neither are you. All the shallow ways in which I used to seek solace, all of a sudden they did nothing for me. Have you been through this before? Where it's like the old ways you used to try to escape, they are either stripped away from you or they just all of a sudden, like you're numb to them. They do nothing. And upon making this discovery, I did freak out. <laughs> I freaked out like, hold on, what? what am I supposed to grab onto right now? But then there was peace. I no longer needed the filler. I never really did. What I needed was to surrender, to let go of my dependencies, annihilate my old clinging self that had become too comfortable existing in this false sense of security and latching on to people or things or whatever, not enough going to God, right, on one end. On the other, I was forced to become more intimate with the scary unknown to really start building a bond with my fears. And that sounds so weird to say, right? Like, we don't bond with fear. We try to run from it. We fight it. We do anything we can to avoid it, to not have to face it. But really, who are we fooling? Just ourselves. Because honestly, none of us are in control. We know nothing. We never know anything. (laughs) Really. Today, you could be living your normal life. And tomorrow, you could be living a completely different experience. Nothing could make sense anymore. We are constantly in a state of flux. We're always undergoing change, even when we can't see it or when we don't want to see it, even when it's not obvious or sudden. We know not what lies ahead in the next month, the next day, or even the next minute. My husband is is so afraid of so many things. (laughs) I'm sorry. Don't tell him I said that. But um, <laughs> I would tell him, hey, like, you know, you know how, how if you want to look at life that way as if, you know, you, you shouldn't do the things that excite you or that could, you know, open your eyes to something different or just, you know, just make you feel alive um, because of fear of dying or getting hurt or whatever the fear is. You know how dangerous these roads are? We in Atlanta, okay? (laughs) These roads are dangerous. Every day we face a risk by getting on them. Every day we risk 
by just getting out of bed in the morning. We don't know what's coming around the corner. So, I mean, why live in a state of fear? Whatever it is you're worried about right now, I mean, can you really do anything about it? How much can you do about it? And if you can do something, then you should be doing it. Beyond that, what's the point? All we can do is with intention, first of all, grow stronger in our faith. So that we may more gently and compassionately allow things to fall apart. So that we can ride the flow of life and not fight against the tides. Things fall apart so that they can come back together. Maybe in a newer, better way. The second thing we can do is train our minds to more eloquently, gracefully, and effectively ride those waves. The waves of setbacks in our lives, which is just a natural part of life. So I want to talk to you about four ways Four practices that I've taken up personally, very recently, that have allowed me to do just that. More gracefully, eloquently, and effectively ride the waves of setbacks and challenges during this season, okay? First up is higher self-meditation and prayer. I do them together. Every morning... Before I do anything else, I thank God for the day and I meditate for at least 20 minutes. Now, for the first 10 minutes of my meditation, I focus on grounding and regulating my breathing while noticing and letting go of any intrusive thoughts as you would typically do in mindfulness meditation. And for the following 10 minutes, I summon my higher self. And to be honest, When life is good, (laughs) the morning is truly my favorite part of the day. I love mornings. I love getting up early, um, meditating, maybe having some tea, hitting up the gym before work and the sauna. I'm obsessed with the sauna after a good workout. But when things are not normal and I'm stressed, maybe struggling emotionally, mentally, physically, financially, whatever it is, I dread the morning. My favorite part of the day becomes my (laughs) least favorite part of the day. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm grateful for the day, always. But I wake up from a night's sleep and I still feel exhausted. I know that people, anyone that has ever struggled with depression, for example, can definitely relate to that. Even anxiety. Because the exhaustion has nothing to do with sleep. It's a spiritual exhaustion. The soul is tired. The inner being feels overwhelmed, overburdened, weak, and helpless after all the obsessive thinking and how much we tell ourselves exactly what (laughs) is making us feel weak. So let, let me just example, right? So many people tell me that they have struggles with imposter syndrome. So if you're going through something You're constantly telling yourself how much of an imposter you are. You're making yourself a victim of some kind. Um, How you're not strong enough to deal with the pressures of the situation like I was doing, right? It isn't what's on the outside that's destroying us. 
that, my love, is an inside job. And I had a really good friend talk to me recently. Um, a really good friend gave me a really good talk. And now those are the best friends, okay? Now, you know, sometimes people don't have the words and all that. But, like, if you have friends that will, like, give it to you real, even in your, like, your worst state, you know, lovingly but real, keep them around. All right, so my friend was telling me, um, you're an angel. You're an angel in this situation. And angels don't fall victim to fear, anger, or resentment. They don't give in to that. You're here to do a job, and that's to help facilitate healing. This situation isn't making you weak. You are making you weak by viewing what's going on as a weakness and continuing to affirm that within yourself instead of seeing it as your strength, which is what it really is. Here is an opportunity to practice your gift. Go be the angel. This really, really stuck with me. And from that day forward, I viewed my situation and my place in it much differently, completely different. But I still needed help accessing that part of myself, that higher version, my true inner being. No, minus ego, running from the fear, clinging to what's comfortable. No, I needed to access my higher version of self. And that's when I started doing the higher version meditation, which is something that I actually work with. I do this with clients um, in a hypnotherapeutic realm. So it's usually while in trance state that I will guide a client to spend time with their their higher version. Um, but I made this into a meditation for myself. So when you're going through a difficult time, it's important to be able to pick yourself up. Not everybody, some people don't have that person to pour those words into. I really pray and hope that you do. But not everyone has that. Some people are don't have much of anyone or some people, they are just surrounded by toxic people or people who, like, you know, you're the one in the group that's the most elevated, the most conscious. So you don't have that person. Now, if you are that person, that is a tough weight to carry. I truly suggest you open up, you pray, and you actually become receptive, open to a mentor, to more elevated friendships until you can attract that into your world shoot youtube is your friend (laughs) you can find a mentor um, a therapist a coach if you can't afford to hire one right now or you just need time to find one you can make someone like your personal coach or mentor like and they don't even have to know it you know find someone that you feel a really strong alignment with who speaks to your heart to your spirit and follow them, follow their journey, follow their advice, their advice, their guidance. Really, I suggest you do that, okay? Um, but where was I? That was a tangent. Do, 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 do. Um, yes, we have to be able to pull ourselves up. It's so critical. 
And so this higher self meditation is pretty much going to help you do that. And when you're going through a difficult time, bedtime and the morning time tend to be really difficult because these are moments when you're not really distracted by the doing, uh, having to perform for others or make decisions, uh, like all the conversations or all the ways that you might try to distract yourself like TV or relationships or whatever. When we go to bed at night and when we wake up in the morning, it's quiet. So you might be alone and therefore your mind might start to have its way with you, making you think the wrong things at the wrong time and stressing over things that you can really do nothing about. Guilt tripping yourself and other self-sabotaging mind traps. And we're going to talk more about reframing to kind of overcome those in a second. But to summon your higher self while in meditation it will help you to have better mornings and also better nights to get to sleep easier and then to tackle the day as you need to. So what I want you to do is take a deep breath and visualize your most vibrant, courageous, and actualized version. What does this woman look like? What is she wearing? How is her hair styled? How does she speak? Where does she live? What does she do? When you have a really good mental picture of her, I want you to then embody her. Imagine you are now in your higher version's body and you shine in her essence. And now I want you to plop her smack in the middle of the crisis that you're dealing with. How would your higher self respond in this situation? Let's make it a bit less abstract so we can actually apply it. How would your higher self address the dilemma that's right in front of you right now? Whatever main choice you need to make today, not talking about in a month or next week, but right now you have a choice to make. How would your higher version handle this situation? Do you need to put up a boundary, have an uncomfortable conversation or ask for some help? Possibly, you need to create some emotional distance from whatever you're dealing with so that you can actually make rational, logical decisions that will move you forward now and beyond the crisis. This one was definitely true for me. Right now is likely not the time to get caught up in the past or in some other means of non-productive escapism which I know is very common for women when we're going through emotionally overwhelming challenges because we are so sensitive to that energy, the energy of negative emotions. But right now might be the time for you to recognize where you've been allowing others to call the shots or to affect you in some way that is not in alignment with your best interests. 
because maybe you were avoiding bearing the responsibility of leading your own life. This may be exactly the pressure you needed to fuel your fire and get you onto your true pathway. That's just an example. But be your higher version and allow her to show you what needs to come next. And then after your meditation, I want you to write down the practical steps you need to take today. Not a lot, maybe three or four. That's it. And pray for the courage to show up as your wire higher, your wiser, sorry, your wiser higher version. And carry her energy with you throughout your day. Okay? Next practice is reframing. And this is something that needs to happen over and over and over again. You need to reframe and get used to reframing on a consistent basis. Now, I'm a big fan of stoicism. So I was really excited to discover that I was practicing this technique before I found out that the Stoics refer to this as framing. I just would, you know, I would go into this space of, and this is probably just as a result of years of coaching, you know, and realizing that so many times we like really stress ourselves out and put ourselves in these spaces where we don't have to be just because we are reading too much into things that people say, do, don't say, or don't do, or whatever. And then we respond to our own negative thoughts and we have a negative emotional experience and then now go and ruin the whole day. When really we have no real idea. We can never truly know why people do and say the things they do and nor do we have any control over it. And just because you are responding and having a certain reaction to something, likely as a result of what's already going on within you, your own insecurities, your own past hurts, failures, whatever. And now you are replaying that now. That has nothing to do with the reality of the situation. When you can actually get that down, I'm, I'm telling you, your life is going to change. <laughs> your life is going to become so much more peaceful. Okay. Framing can prevent setbacks from robbing us of our peace of mind. After all, what does worrying yourself sick do for you or your situation? How does blaming, harassing, or neglecting yourself bring about a desirable solution? It doesn't. How does obsessing over something negative or someone telling you no or making a decision for their life that you don't like or you wish they would have done something differently, how does any of this improve your circumstances? It doesn't. Therefore, it's important to learn how to prevent self-harm as quickly as possible as a result of your own line of thinking and your own mental tendencies. Subconsciously, your mind is going to want to go straight to the negative thing. That doesn't mean that it's the right thing or that it's the most healthful or helpful thing. 
Stoic philosopher Epictetus once said, another person will not do you harm unless you wish it. You will be harmed at just that time at which you take yourself to be harmed. Being offended, in other words, uh, triggered. Now, I'm not talking about deep, you know, emotional triggers that stem from like, you know, years of child abuse and things like that. Anything that's ingrained deeply within you, of course, you need to be seeing someone professionally to work through those issues so that the triggering does not become a lifetime thing. But, you know, people are triggered by so much these days. And a lot of that, honestly, is just having to do with um, our society and the way that our society is going, especially in Western world, where, you know, I'm not just going to put it out there, we becoming soft. Okay, we are overall (laughs) becoming soft. Resilience is not as big of a priority as it has been historically. And so sometimes you kind of need to sit yourself down and be like, hey, you know, right now, this isn't helpful. I'm not going to be triggered about the situation. I'm choosing to not be offended by what this person said or did or whatever that has nothing to do with me. I refuse to let that throw off my day. Instead, though, a lot of people do get really easily triggered, decide that any and everyone can have as much access and control over their energy and their outlook as possible. And then their life takes shape from that. Not good. Not what's going to put you in alignment with that higher version whatsoever. Okay. So in other words, this is a reminder that what generally upsets us isn't the thing. It's not what the person did, but our judgments about the thing or what the person did. We take a choice or occurrence and we judge it. And then we make it mean something about us and who we are. And then we stress out about that meaning that we've assigned to whatever happened. This is a result of our own deep-seated insecurities. When we start healing the insecurities and working with the inner child, we then won't have to place those same judgments. It is so freeing to not have an opinion on shit (laughs) that has nothing to do with you, honestly. To really stay in your lane, not form an opinion on things that they really have nothing to do with you not having to judge what someone else does or says or how someone else chooses to live their life sometimes a rejection is not even really a rejection more so is that person making a choice for their life probably taking into consideration some other people that might just need that from them more than you need whatever it is that you think you need from them That's an example of reframing. If you could do that throughout your entire day, because we have a lot of judgments. The typical human (laughs) has a lot of judgments that they make throughout every day that takes a hit on them. Every time you make a judgment and you start to react to that judgment, you're taking an energetic hit. What if you could reframe everything that happened in your day to be more helpful and helpful for you? 
the sooner you learn how to reframe things that happen in your life to be beneficial or at the very least just non-toxic to your well-being the more at peace and at ease you will become the ego poisons the mind and a poisonous mindset breeds a toxic emotional environment a toxic inner world and a toxic emotional world will destroy the body and anything else outside of it actually that it comes into contact with that higher self meditation that we talked about ties in well with another stoic um, reframing technique which is called the story telling frame and that's a practice that involves imagining yourself in the future right telling the story of you now the situation that you're in right now how would you want that story to go you are the main character of your life how would you want your main character to deal with whatever it is that you're going through what actions would you want your main character to take in alignment with the story you will want your 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 future self to be able to tell about this situation that you're in. Forget earning the praise of others, okay? Look at the unhappy people around you. The surest way to win praise is to adopt and live in accordance with their values. This is a quote that I'm telling you. (laughs) I'm not telling you that this is what you should do. Just listen. All right, look at the unhappy people around you. The surest way to win praise is to adopt and live in accordance with their values. It will be easy for them to praise you because by doing so, they are indirectly praising themselves. The snag, of course, is that by sharing their values, you will likely end up sharing their misery, says William Irvine in his book, The Stoic Challenge. And I could not agree more. If you want to align your actions with the values of other people who are unhappy, so they tell you what to do because they need to have confirmation for whatever it is that they've done and however it is that they feel. Otherwise, if that was to be stripped from them, they would be put in that same state that you might be currently in, (laughs) having to question their life, question their choices, having no comfort to cling to, right? Their ego would be stripped from them. So they need you to agree with them. They need your actions to align with their actions and their value system to be your value system. But if your value system is truly not theirs, you will end up sharing their misery. So what can you do now that will make you look back on this day, this season that you're in with genuine pride in yourself, respect for yourself, enjoy. Do that thing. Next up, I want you to let people down. Yeah, I said it. (laughs) I said it. I'll say it again. Let people down. This is not about being mean, but protecting and refueling your energy. 
granted, everybody does handle stress differently. Some people want to be surrounded by family and friends and other people would rather retreat and have time to themselves. However, I don't know a single person, I haven't met them yet, that when they're to the point where they feel like they're about to break, like they've reached their max, they want to be surrounded by 20 people answering all 20 people's questions and being bombarded with concerns and questions and whatever, (laughs) opinions that are not helpful. People, for the most part, they mean well. Especially, you know, if we're talking about loved ones here. But this is not the time to shame yourself into being overly accessible for others and open to all of their input while you can barely be accessible to yourself. To give you a little background on how I came up with this self-care tip and where this is even coming from. Um, I have a relative who is a very anxious person. And while she was going through one of the most stressful and challenging and emotionally demanding times of her life, she was at the same time being bombarded with calls and texts and emails and people wanted to know how she was doing and what's going on and if she had gotten their cards and reaching out for status updates. I'm sure a lot of people can relate to this. Now, being the anxious people pleaser that she is, She was going freaking nuts, (laughs) juggling, responding to people and trying to be answering the phone calls and answering the text messages and being fully present to handle the situation in front of her at the same time, which is impossible in that situation. One day she was worrying out loud to me and I had to tell her, look, other people, you are allowed to put them at the furthest distance, okay? They are allowed to be the furthest thing from your mind right now. And they kind of have to be if you're going to be present enough to deal with the situation and also not break so that you can come out on the other side. So respond when you can and give info when you feel comfortable. But most importantly, take care of yourself. No one else is going through this right now. You are. If they genuinely care, they will understand. So I'm telling you the same thing. Instead of exhausting yourself by talking to dozens of people who are just curious about what you're going through. Because I mean, just, if we're just going to be honest real quick. I mean, they, we do have gems. <laughs> we have stars of the family and the friendship circles who will go out of their way to be uh, just a shoulder for you or helpful in some way in your situation but then a lot of people just curious and they just want to know they just nosy they just want to know what's going on you don't have time for that okay so instead of exhausting yourself by talking to dozens of people who are just curious without really wanting to contribute much or maybe wanting to contribute a whole lot of the wrong things just be honest with them and invest that time that you would be investing into all these other people, invest that into yourself. Sometimes people need like a real thing to say. So, you know, I'm queen of the scripts. I will give you something to say, okay? Try this. Hey, boo, babe, sis, bro, whatever. I appreciate your concern and I love you for it truly. But I just don't have the time or energy to continue going into this 
or I don't have the information right now to give or I don't feel comfortable sharing more at this time, etc. whatever it is. But if you really want to help, I could really use insert your need and don't be shy. I could really use a daily check in via text. Even if I don't always respond, I might heart it or thumbs up it. Just know that like I saw it and I appreciate you. Or I could really use a prayer. I could really use a hug, a home-cooked meal, help with a bill that I've fallen behind on, a good laugh and a glass of wine. I just need to have a conversation that's not about sadness, you know, like what's going on with you and your new boo thing, whatever. Fill in the blank. Don't be afraid of letting people down, quote unquote. And don't feel ashamed when it's a must. When possible, tell your loved ones exactly how they can help you so they stop unconsciously hurting you with their demands on your energy, okay? That's something that they're not trying to do. It's something that it's like kind of a sticky situation and sticky conversation to have because you know that they're trying to be helpful. So instead of having them question, you know, and just throw darts at the wall, tell them how they can be helpful. And lastly, (laughs) let people in. So sometimes you might have to let people down and sometimes you want to let people in. It's not just an all or nothing type thing. It's not black and white. Some days you might need some support. Sometimes you might need that support to look like people backing off. But let's talk about when the support is needed to bring people in, okay? As they say, closed mouths don't get fed. So you got to let people in so that you can be supported in whatever way you are needing. Oftentimes we pride ourselves on being strong because truthfully, we haven't felt safe enough to depend on others. So we tell ourselves we can't depend on anyone and we remain closed off and we become upset and resentful and bitter and cold when people don't show up for us. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. One that does absolutely nothing for you, for me, for any of us. So let people be there when they genuinely want to be there. Believe them and take their word at face value. Stop trying to read between the lines. Stop trying to overcomplicate things. If someone offers you dinner, you know, I want to bring dinner by for the family. Take them up on it. It's not that serious. It's dinner. Okay, and it's something that you, yeah, yes, you should definitely be grateful for, but like, let's not overcomplicate it. If someone offers to do something big that you normally wouldn't feel comfortable accepting, it's okay to hold off. Tell them you'll think about it, you know, pray on it, ask God for guidance in this decision, and sit with your intuition. Be quiet. Allow yourself to hear the voice of God, the voice of Holy Spirit your ancestors, whomever you are, you know, most in tune with. And if it feels wrong or icky in any way, it's okay to turn it down. But if you get the green light, accept with joy and gratitude. You are worth 
receiving. And um, I think that's at the core of this whole thing for a lot of us. A lot of us have felt like burdens or we've been burned when we needed help. And now it's a matter of feeling worth receiving what you need. So many of us have had the affirmation within our relationships that we have needs that we can't expect others to fill for us. But one thing that keeps us from weathering storms with more grace and living just softer lives, especially as women of color, is that whole story of I'm not worthy of receiving, which that's what's happening at the core. But, you know, on the surface, it just looks like pride. Abiding by that long-standing narrative that we have to do it all. Otherwise, people, they might think we're weak or they're going to talk crap about us. But really, this, this couldn't be further from the truth most times. And anyone who does do that, I mean, come on. They're just projecting their own crap onto you. Accepting help every now and then is a great way to condition yourself to receive more of what you want and need to get your needs met. But if you're closed off to receiving what you are longing for, what does that mean for your future? How are you going to grow in your career or in your relationships? How are you going to attract the type of opportunities that you want in the first place? How are you going to attract the type of love you truly deserve? It's okay to have needs and it's okay to accept help. How many people have you helped? Are you trying to tell God and the universe that you're too good to receive help? The same help you so freely give? Are you trying to block the blessings that are due to you and your loved one by refusing their assistance? Probably not. You know, most of us don't think about it like that. But in essence, that's what's happening when we refuse help we refuse to allow the natural flow of the universe to take place life is a cycle so one day you're the giver and the next you are the receiver in a relationship sometimes you know it's happening at the same time hopefully but you know sometimes it's not i was listening to a, a um an interview with michelle obama recently when she was talking about her marriage and how marriage is not ever 50-50. And I could not agree more. It's not. Sometimes, you know, you're going to be the giver. The one that's showing up in a certain way. And carrying a lot of the load in your relationship. And then the next, you know, that might happen for a freaking months to a year or even beyond. In a marriage. And then after that, though, it switches. Now your spouse is doing a lot of the caring or whatever while you are receiving more support in the particular area of your lives. That's just what it is. But to always be on one side or the other, that disrupts the flow, the cycle of life. That disrupts the balance. So let people support you so that you can continue to support yourself and anyone else who needs you at this time. 
If you are giving of your energy, of your cup, you're pouring your cup into someone else that's in need, who is there to pour into you? Allow that pouring to happen. And when they're pouring into you, somebody's going to be behind them pouring into them. So I hope this helped. And I pray for your continued lighthearted resilience during your life storm. May the season pass gracefully and you feel the sun shining on your face again soon. Until next time, be good to yourself. Mwah. Bye.